The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. You know, today people want a rational explanation for everything. They want science to tell us why something happened, why it didn't, and what exactly was that bump in the night. But you know, no matter how super scientific our culture may become, there are still things that we can't explain. Because it turns out we're not alone. There is a spiritual dimension to this world that cannot be examined by equations or looked at through a microscope. There's a spiritual dimension that has nothing to do with technology, but everything to do with reality. Because the Bible says there are spiritual beings among us, angels and demons, and they're at war, at war for our soul. It started all the way at the dawn of time when God had created a world that was filled with perfection from one end to the other. And he created this special race of beings, spiritual beings, powerful and glorious, and he he called them angels. And then he created an even more special race. This one wasn't just spiritual, but this race was body and soul, spiritual and physical. And this race he called mankind. So God's plan was that heaven would be filled with legions of holy angels and the earth would be filled with holy men and women giving praise and glory to God in a world of perfection and beauty and light. It was a good plan. It just, it just didn't last long. You see, there was one angel, uh, a powerful angel, an angel who had a position of authority, but that wasn't enough for him. God had created him beautiful, sinless, Powerful. When Isaiah talks about him, he gives him the name Light Bearer. Light Bearer in, in Latin is Lucifer. Lucifer was an angel, a position of a, pow- a power and authority, but he didn't want to be obedient to God. And so this angel chose darkness over light. Instead of obedience, he chose chaos. And he rallied angels to his side to try to throw off God's control. Can you imagine? In the halls of heaven, rebellion. You know, Lucifer may be powerful, but he grossly underestimated the power of God. Even, Even the angels can't fight against God and win. They were thrown down, cast out. And God didn't offer them any second chances. This is what St. Peter tells us. He said, the angels who did not keep their positions of authority but abandoned their own home, God did not spare those angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell to be held for judgment. No second chances for Lucifer and the angels that had rallied to his side. Jesus was recalling this during that gospel reading we had this morning. You know, his disciples are coming back from their mission journey, and they're crowing about the fact that evil angels, the demons, were submitting to their will. And Jesus said, I saw it. I saw it. 
Remember, before he was born as a baby in Bethlehem, the Son of God reigned as the Prince of Heaven from eternity. He was there the day when Lucifer rebelled. He said, I saw it. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. But he landed. He landed right here on earth among mankind. And suddenly in a world of perfect light, darkness began to grow. Because Lucifer and his evil angels were not content to go down alone. No, they wanted, they wanted to corrupt that other race that God had made. They wanted to bring down mankind and ruin everything God had created. And so, into the garden he went, in the form of a serpent, with his wise-sounding words and his pride-inducing lies. And he took the woman and the man, and he dragged them down, so that both of the races God had created found themselves drowning in sin and death and darkness. Both of those races had nothing waiting for them but the righteous anger of a holy God. I got to imagine Satan and his henchmen were, were just cackling with laughter over what they had done until they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden and heard him cry out to Adam, Where are you? Their laughter must have died when they heard what he said. Unlike for the fallen angels, God came and said, I have a plan to forgive my children their sins, to make them right with me so they might be with me forever in heaven. The evil angels got no such deal, right? Satan must have howled. God, this is not fair. Not fair at all. You said the soul that sins, it shall die. They sinned. They belong with us. It's not fair, God. Can we really argue that point? Was God being fair? He had said, the soul that sins, it shall die. He had said, you know, plus sin minus holiness equals death every single time. And now, now for this race, his children, he says, I've got a plan to save them. You know, throughout the Old Testament, we see the devil in this role with God, accusing God of being unfair. Uh, it seems in the Old Testament times, it seems that like God allowed Satan to report to him once in a while in his heavenly council. Like in the book of Job, you see God in his heavenly council, and he, he lets the devil come into it, and he says, where have you come from, and what are you doing? He says, I've come from roaming back and forth across the earth. And then he starts to charge God with unfairness in dealing with this man named Job. I mean, that's what the devil does, right? Lucifer was a name that well described what he was, but what he became, well, the new name he picked up in Hebrew, it's Hasatan, Satan. It means the accuser, the one who brings accusations against God for his lack of fairness and against God's children for them not keeping the law that God had given the devil knows God's word very well, and he knows exactly what God has demanded from you and me, and he knows very well from observation what my life is like. And he can very rightly point to me and say to God, John Schrader, you called for him to be perfect. Take a look at this last week. He knows very well the sins that sully my life. And he 
is right to say that I don't deserve to be with God. The soul that sins belongs with Satan. What would he say for you? I mean, I know we can all shine ourselves up on the exterior for Sunday morning, but the devil's a man with keen observation skills, right? He could look at the sins in your life and lay them out like exhibit A through Z at the prosecutor's table. Say, Lord, this disqualifies them from being with you. This proves they belong with me. How could we argue? All you have to do is look. The devil howls at God that his plan to save mankind is unfair. And throughout the Old Testament, you hear God saying, just wait, I'll make it fair. I'll make it fair. But the way God would do that, the devil couldn't even comprehend. Because God's plan was his son would actually become a member of that fallen race. The Son of God would take on human form and flesh, become truly human, so that he could do what man could not. He could be what man never could, so he could suffer in our place, right? That's the central, the central message of Christ is that he walks up to the exhibit, evidence exhibit table in your life and takes exhibit A and says, put that one on me. Exhibit B, I'll, I'll take that one too. The Son of God takes all the sins of all people and he says, punish me for that sin. Take that out on me, Lord. If we want this to be fair and sin requires death, well, then count that one on my account. And when the Son of God shoulders up the sins of the world and goes and pours out God's lifeblood on the altar of the cross, justice was done. You want to talk about fair. The sins of the world paid for by the blood of God. And God said when Jesus died on the cross, justice was done in full. And when he said it is finished, he meant every one of those sins that plague your conscience has been paid for in full by God made man. This was his plan to make things just and right. No longer could Satan accuse God of being unfair. God no longer would allow Satan even to accuse you and me of not belonging to be with him because every one of those things that should have separated us from God was paid for in full. So no more was God going to have Satan hanging around, showing up at the councils of heaven to bring accusations against his people. No more. There was no room in heaven for two advocates because Jesus was coming home. The Son of God would ascend in glory and triumph and take his seat as King of kings and Lord of lords. And so God called to Michael, the general of the armies of heaven, and he gave the command, throw them out. And heaven went to war. Michael and his angels made war on Satan and cast him from heaven, never to enter God's presence again. There was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. The accuser of our brothers, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been hurled down. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb." 
Satan wants your soul, but he can't have it. Because when Christ died, Satan lost every power to accuse us anymore. You know what? He can call us sinners. He can say we belong to be with him. But God's not going to listen. Because the blood of God was poured out on the altar of the cross. And every one of your sins has been washed away in the blood of the Lamb. I mean, that war is won. But you know, John reminds us that in the face of his defeat, the devil doesn't stop fighting. He said this, Rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows his time is short. Here's an amazing result of when heaven went to war. There is peace between man and God. No war, peace. I mean, that's what Christ came to bring for us, that he, his work came to destroy the work of the devil, remove his ability to accuse us, and so now there's no strife between us and God anymore, only peace. The devil cannot change that no matter what he does. He cannot rob you of that with any of his power or might. Can't. The devil can't change how God feels about you. That's why he focuses all his attention on the opposite end of that. He can't change God, so the devil and his angels, what they try to do is, is change us. Right? God's not going to change his mind about you, so the devil tries to get you to change your mind about God. Maybe he uh, tempts us to neglect our faith a little bit. Maybe he tempts us to sin in this little way that, that leads to sinning in a big way. He can't change God, so maybe he changes us. He can't make God accuse us of anything, so he tries to make us accuse God. Maybe of God accusing that God doesn't care. God's not paying attention. God isn't giving me what I want. They can't change God, so they're stuck with trying to change you and me. They want to take away the peace that we have in Christ. And that's why St. Paul, when he wrote about this, he was reminding us the struggle we have here in the Christian life is not one against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of the heavenly realms. They're not going to stop trying to change you. That's why today, on the festival of St. Michael and all angels, the church remembers that even though we're in the middle of a war, we are not on our own. We have allies. Because the day Jesus triumphed, heaven went to war and they never stopped. God's army of angels is there every day fighting for God's children and his people. And they're not going to stop until the peace of God rings out over every corner of his new heaven and his new earth. So this autumn, as we watch the days grow shorter and the nights grow longer, the church always saw that growing darkness of the fall as a time to remember that we're here at war between the forces of light and the forces of darkness. And as the darkness grew and winter's dim began to grow, they would remember the festival of the archangel to remember that we're not alone. Heaven went to war, and they'll never stop. God grant it. Amen.